0: At Subway, start your day the flavorful way by adding new guacamole to your favorite breakfast sandwich. Perfectly made with a hint of jalapeno, our guacamole turns up the flavor to your breakfast. Try it today on a hot and toasty egg white and cheese. Subway, eat fresh.
1: Before we get to today's show, I just want to talk about stamps.com. Getting your mailing and your shipping done can seem like a no-win situation. Going to the post office takes a valuable time. Leasing a postage meter, that's expensive. Well, luckily, I know a better way. Stamps.com. You can buy and print your own official U.S. postage for any letter or any package. It's more powerful than a postage meter. You can avoid those time-consuming trips to the post office. And I personally use Stamps.com. And actually, you could too if you if if you listen to the BS report, which you have to do because you're listening to this. If you use the promo code BS for this special no-risk trial, it is a $110 bonus offer. and includes a digital scale up to $55 of free postage. Um, All you have to do is go to stamps.com, click on the microphone at the top of the homepage, and type in BS. Stamps.com. Check it out. The BS Report is a free-flowing conversation that occasionally touches on mature subjects. The BS Report. The BS Report with Bill Simmons. Welcome to BS Report, taping this on a Friday morning in Southern California. Uh, go to Grantland.com if you want to read my part one NBA trade value column, my favorite column to write every year. I always spend way too much time on it. That's on Grantland.com right now. Uh, we have some really good stuff up this week just in general. I would encourage you to go to Grantland and check out a whole bunch of things, including Charlie Pierce's piece on uh, Belichick and Brady's press conferences today. This is the Boston-centric BS Report. Um I'm going to call my dad, and I'm going to call my buddy J-Bug, and we're going to have a free-flowing conversation about everything that's happened to the Patriots this week. This is not a column. I'm taping this podcast as a fan of the New England Patriots, I'm calling my dad, my buddy J-Bug, and I have not really talked on the phone to either of them about any of this stuff, so we're going to do that right now. Let's call my dad.
0: Hello.
2: Dad. Hi, Bill. How you doing? How you holding up? (laughs) Okay. Why?
1: (laughs) You're traumatized by this Patriots thing.
2: Are are you calling on a podcast? I am. Oh, okay. I am traumatized a little bit. I think all of Boston is taken back. I mean, nobody's talking about the Super Bowl. I, I, I realize across the country from watching the national programming, that there's a certain take on what's going on, but if you live here in Boston, I mean, you go into the drugstore or the supermarket or the the, the local pub, and the first question you get asked is, "What do you think?" You know, um, who's telling the truth? Uh, nobody's talking about the game. It, it's it's really frustrating and sad and discouraging to say the least. Don't you
1: agree? We, we, we watched the game on Sunday.
2: Right, uh, I was out in L.A. We watched the game together. We're all excited.
1: I know. Talking we were feeling Seattle. really good. Feeling really good about the Pats. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was. It was such a likable season
2: because uh, it, it the was, depths it was.
1: of the Kansas City game, and then right. rallying back, and then the unbelievable Baltimore win, and and uh, I don't know. Just kind of. I don't
2: know either. I, I mean, yesterday. I think you you and I texted each other very early before the Belichick press conference, and you know he 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 certainly was very emphatic in what he had to say, and what was very sad for me to watch was my take on how he threw Tom Brady under the bus. All right, then you somewhat start to wonder, you know, is this whole thing orchestrated, and is Tom Brady? being thrown under the bus because he's going to make some statement about, you know, a, a simple mistake was made. The ball boys misunderstood him. I, I don't know what he was going to say, but his press conference was a disaster. Don't you think?
1: Well, it wasn't great. I, I, I we were taping the uh, Grayland Oscars preview yesterday. So I actually missed the press conference, but then I watched a bunch of the clips online. I think it was worse if you're watching it in real time. Cause but from multiple people who just told me it just kind of wouldn't end.
2: Well, yeah, I mean, Belichick, from what I understand, his took 11 minutes, and I watched it live, and it did seem to go very quickly. And, you know, you've seen enough of his press conferences. When he's had enough, he's had enough, and he says thank you, and he goes away. Brady was just left out there hanging, uh, you know, and it got very repetitious, and actually the last five to ten minutes – In the beginning, he was getting bombarded with 10 questions at once. The last five to 10 minutes, that had stopped. It was like they had nothing else to ask. Uh, He wasn't forthcoming with any more information. Maybe he doesn't have any, but it just had a really bad taste to it. It And then I I watched ESPN afterwards, and the cast of characters – the the pundits who are on that NFL live show and they killed him.
1: Brunel almost started crying, which was pretty funny. It's funny how seriously, like people who don't care about the Patriots have taken this,
2: but I think they care about Tom Brady. Yeah. I mean, I think certainly fellow quarterbacks have to, uh, my take is they respect him greatly and they may not like the Patriots and Belichick and all that, but, well, you never really hear a bad word about Brady, and the post uh, press the, the post uh, interview stuff was all about Brady's integrity, and it was it was really hard to watch as a as a as a Patriot fan. Didn't you find it that way?
1: Yeah, I still don't know totally what to think about this whole thing.
2: No, I don't either. I, I, right?
1: I want to know. I want to know exactly what happened before I form an opinion, which is kind of goes against how people in the sports media are supposed to operate these days. I I thought Charlie Pierce wrote a great column about just how weird those press conferences were, but we still don't totally know what happened. And it's like, it's possible that Brady just legs the balls inflated to the lowest possible limit. And for whatever reason, they didn't do it correctly. And he doesn't know what happened. I mean, well, I don't think we can rule that out. No,
2: know? I can't. I agree. I, you certainly can't rule that out. But it it does mean that somebody incorrectly inflated the footballs. And, uh, right. you, you know, the, I have to say, after watching both press conferences, uh, I fully expected something was happening that is not happening. And I was shocked when Brady answered the question, you know, have you met with the NFL yet? I mean, this is Thursday afternoon at 4.30, and he he is still, what he said, he has not heard from and therefore been interviewed by anyone from the NFL. How does that happen?
1: Well, think about that, though. And I, I don't want to turn this into a deflecting it away from the Patriots to pile on the NFL thing, but this is great for the NFL. We would have spent two weeks talking about Goodell and the elevator and like that would have been the dominant story of this of the Super Bowl. And instead, everyone's talking about this. And my my perception, the way the NFL is handling this is they're they're They love the fact that this is just going and going because how hard would it be to just talk to everybody and find out what happened? As you said, it's been 96 hours. They haven't talked to Brady yet? That's the most ludicrous thing I've ever heard of.
2: Yeah. See, I don't necessarily agree with you on the motivation from the NFL because, except in small circles, I don't think anybody's talking about the elevator incident anymore. I I think people wanted to talk about Seattle versus the Patriots. It's a great matchup. Uh, It it should be a great game. and, And I agree with what you just said, though. It's ludicrous that they haven't interviewed Brady. If if the quarterback and whomever works in the locker room uh, getting these balls ready, if they haven't been interviewed yet, what, what has the NFL been doing for four days? Who do they interview?
1: Well, that's my point. So either they want this to drag on for whatever reason, maybe that people – and they, I, they, I I miss said that before. It wouldn't wouldn't be that they would talk about the elevator stuff. It would be Goodell would have been the guy with the spotlight on him during the Super Bowl. And people would have been talking about the Pats versus the Seahawks, but then also Roger Goodell's Super Bowl. Where is this going with him? And now people are talking about this. And, you know, there's two possible scenarios for the NFL here. One is that they're just incompetent, which, which probably is the favorite in the clubhouse. And the other is they don't mind that this is dragging on for a week because it certainly seems like they don't mind that this is dragging on for a week. How hard would this be to solve? Just, just assign somebody, have them go to New England and interview people. Right. I don't get it. Uh, I, uh, I mean, I have a lot of different thoughts on this whole thing. I think that the disturbing thing is regardless of how this turns out and regardless of what people find and what the truth was and whether we'll never be able to totally find out what the truth is. I think this changes the obituary of the Belichick Brady dynasty. Um Not for Patriot fans, but I think just in general, I think Spygate was always something that would have been mentioned in the first paragraph, but now this is first sentence. Right. And it'll be like the Patriots won X amount of Super Bowls and appeared in X amount of Super Bowls, comma, but, and they'll mention Spygate in this football thing.
2: No, I agree. I would. I agree. I, the difference with Spygate for me was it. It seemed to be all Belichick and management related in terms of who he was directing to do certain things. This has a Brady aspect. This, what's going right. on right now, and you know, I, I texted you, I think earlier, right when this whole thing was going on, maybe Wednesday, that. Something was starting to really smell in it. It was something you reported way back when Brady renegotiated his contract. Yeah, uh, I mean, and and then when I watched Belichick from my perspective, uh, somewhat throw Brady under the bunch uh, under the bus yesterday morning. Uh, I not You just have to start wondering what's going on here, and are we going to see Brady here next year? Uh, and t- the smell test isn't. It's just not going correctly when you when you start putting all these little pieces together. It's just very sad. I want to focus on Seattle. I want to walk in the grocery store and have somebody say, you know, what do you think about the game? Who are you worried about? And see, you know, nobody's asking those questions. Uh,
1: yeah. And I mean, that's another variable for this, which is, is this the death blow for Brady and Belichick? Yeah. My feeling on that is. Yeah, I thought about a lot, like why why Brady would kind of remove the guarantees from those next three years of his deal, and what would be in it for him. And I don't, I just don't believe that it was just about creating cash flow for the crafts. I've talked to a lot of different people who know stuff. I've formed my own opinions on it, but ultimately, I think he Brady wanted the flexibility to get out for whatever reason. All right, so what are the reasons? Well. I think that there's been a good cop, bad cop thing with him and and the crafts and Belichick and the crafts are the good cop and Belichick's the bad cop. And I think he's had an up and down relationship with Belichick. And I think he wanted the flexibility to be able to get out. If he felt like that relationship with Belichick passed a certain point, because I think he wants to play football. I think that's all he wants to do. I think he wants to do it in a happy situation.
2: So well, let me ask you then, having said that, uh, what what could he have possibly been thinking at eleven o'clock yesterday morning after having watched Belichick's press conference?
1: So that was really interesting, right? Because I mean, you re- you ran a school system for what twenty two years or something?
2: Yeah, long time. I've run
1: Grantland for almost four years, and when you have people working for you and stuff can go wrong, and that's happened to both of us. At some point, you you have to decide whether you want to take all the accountability for it and put all the heat on you, or do you want to kind of run from it? And it seemed like Belichick ran from it. I, I think he could, have, he could have positioned it in a way that it was an organizational thing, but instead he kind of went for himself, was how I perceived that. He's basically like, look, I don't know what happened. I'm out of this. Ask Tom. That's how I took that. And if I was Tom, I'd be like, wow, okay. So that's how this goes? And then they rushed up the Brady press conference. I thought that was bizarre.
2: I did too. And I thought they rushed it up because there was some orchestration going on where Tom was going to talk about um, the the ball boys misunderstanding his directions or something that would have put a rest to this, to put an end to this, but it it only has given it new life. Uh, And it's the front page of probably every newspaper in the country. Uh, But I agree with something, I mean, what you just said about Brady watching Belichick's press conference and Belichick protecting his own legacy and reputation, you know. He had nothing. He had no knowledge. Nothing to do with this. This isn't like Spygate. Don't look at me. Look at my quarterback. I mean, if I'm Tom Brady, I I don't know. It's it's just so discouraging. Uh, So many mixed messages. The Belichick Brady relationship uh, has to have been affected by what happened this entire week. Uh, You just wonder what. First of all, you immediate concern is how is this gonna impact the game a week from Sunday? You know? I I know that there's a lot of people saying it rallies a team together. I don't know.
1: And is this Brady's last game as a Patriot?
2: Well and that's the I think that's in
1: play now too.
2: Yeah, that's the second question. You know you have the game a week from Sunday, how will it be affected? And secondly, uh, has this destroyed the Brady Belichick relationship so that after the game Sunday things are going to be very different.
1: Here's what was missing in the Belichick press conference and maybe there's just something wrong with him from a personality standpoint that it's he's just unable to realize that this is something he should have done but the one thing he didn't say in that press conference that he easily could have said and would have been really important and if I'm Tom Brady it would have been important to me Um, he, he all he needed was to say for 20 seconds look I've coached Tom since 2000. All this guy wants to do is play football and prepare for football. This guy does everything the right way. I just find it hard to believe that at age 37, he would suddenly decide to start cutting corners. That's not who he is. You know what I mean? Just something like that where you're just like, hey, just by the way, I just want you guys to know that this guy is a guy who does everything on on, on the level and has been that way the entire time I've known him. So I don't know what happened here. It makes no sense.
2: I, You know, that's a really good point. Uh, and it goes back to you making a comment about me running a large school system, you running Grantland. Um, when you've had a long standing relationship with employees, loyalty is so important. Loyalty, integrity, honesty, uh, having faith in the people with whom you work. Um, Belichick didn't go that way. He, he went the protection of himself and that has to affect the people who work for you um and will it affect them a week from sunday i mean you have short-term long-term issues here short-term uh nine days from now we play in the super bowl and and then you have these crazy people talking about they should replace the patriots with indianapolis and I mean, the thing is just I, – I did read Charlie Pierce's uh, article. I thought it was a terrific tongue-in-cheek tongue in yeah. uh, approach to everything that's happening. Unfortunately, there is a seriousness, and I'll use the word sadness, to everything that's going on, uh, particularly if you live in Boston, the Boston area.
1: Well, I don't see how there's any way this doesn't affect the team for the Super Bowl. And we I lived through this in 96 when uh, when it came out before the Packers game that Parcells and Kraft were in trouble, and it was clearly leaked from Parcells. And I'm always going to believe that, that that really hurt our chances in that game.
2: Well, it's kind of ironic. Um, I was at that Super Bowl and in New Orleans, and all I was hearing about was the Belichick stuff, the, excuse me, the uh, Parcel stuff.
1: Right, it overshadowed everything. You and I were at the Super
2: Bowl in 08, and all we were hearing about was Spygate. And and it really, it disturbed it disturbed us that the whole focus was somewhere else other than the game. Well, yeah. uh, what do you think is going to be happening all of next week? And,
1: well, I'll tell know. you this much. For Tom Brady, this was bad this week because... All he does is think about football, and he's kind of constructed his life that way. And he goes to bed at 8.15 every night, and he gets up at early in the morning, and he just works out, and that's all he does, and studies right. tape and does stuff. And now he's dealing with this for five days. And um, it was weird to see him so rattled in the press conference this Is a guy who's played in five Super Bowls and hosted Saturday Night Live and has been had a huge spotlight on him his entire life. And, yeah, I
2: agreed. He, and he
1: was rattled. Yeah, like, he was how, rattled. how is Tom he Brady was, rattled by anything?
2: Rattled and seemed very nervous, and and the questions kept on coming, and uh, and he and they they kept him out there too long. I mean, it got very re- repetitious, and as as things go longer and longer, things got a little bit more convoluted and a little bit, uh, I don't know. If this, it was just uh, so hard to watch him in that situation. And, you know, as you said, he's had this 17 year career. Uh, his integrity is certainly one of, it's certainly something that other players across the league have admired. Yeah. And then to watch uh, him get ripped apart by former peers who now are talking heads on the different channels, really difficult to watch all that yesterday.
1: Well, and it was also i thought a pr disaster by them it just wasn't handled correctly no. and this was something where you have to bring in real pr people and almost like crisis like a crisis team which they have you know where it's like something went horribly wrong here how do we fix this
2: right
1: and uh the, you know one of the things a crisis team would have told them was make sure everyone's on the same page well that didn't happen then they would have said brady you know, say, say your piece, take like two or three questions and get out. Well, he didn't do that. He stayed on forever and made it worse and worse. And then when he, when he used that Isaac's example, like I'm not blaming him for saying that because I'm sure that's how he felt, but that, that just made him seem defensive. Right. And that was like the worst thing he could have said. You know, you just, you basically, like if, if, if he had asked me, what do you think I should do? I would have said. Just go out there and say, I, I like my balls at a really, really certain inflated level. I don't know what happened. Um, I've spent my whole career preparing and, and doing things a certain way. And I totally understand the gravity of this now. I didn't four days ago. But the fact that people think that I cheated, like, really, really bothers me because I didn't. You know, like, there's ways to do it. And, right. and, and he just didn't do it correctly.
2: No, he didn't was it, whoever helped prepare him for that press conference did a terrible job um whereas Belichick certainly knew exactly what he wanted to say, said it, and got the hell out of there um
1: what's well, it's funny though like I you know obviously uh get getting emails from readers and I, people saying all types of different things, having all types of different takes, and one of the takes that I'm getting from readers is. You know, how can you root for this team? Like, it, it's almost like the fans get lumped into it. And it's like, what did we do? I, I just started rooting for the Patriots because we were, I was growing up in Massachusetts and we started watching Patriots games because that was the team that lived in the, or played in the state that we lived in. It's, you know, it's it's just kind of funny. And it, and it but at the same way, it does feel like it's like part of your family. You know, it's like your uncle got accused of something or, you yeah, know, I right. feel like you <laughs> want to defend them, but it, ultimately it's like, are so just dudes wearing some these uniforms that I started cheering for when I was four.
2: Yeah, that's that's, that's a funny point because you know, obviously I live in Boston and uh ninety nine point nine percent of the people with whom I interact are Patriots fans. Yeah. Um and certainly uh again Brady's been held in such high esteem and, and an iconic kind of figure. And and I don't I don't think people have changed that view. I think I'm talking to people last night. People are puzzled by that press conference. It it, it was so poorly handled. Uh, Whoever prepared him prepared him very poorly. Um, You know, there were a couple of questions that if they had been asked or maybe if he had incorporated into his answers things that would have made things a little more clear. But when none of that happened, it it's kind of taken on a second life of its own, and then you yeah. again to be repetitive, you throw in the Belichick Brady piece and Belichick's earlier press conference, and you know what did that all mean to Brady? Uh, did did it frazzle him so that he was uh, it wasn't what he expected? And when he went on at four o'clock, and I don't know, I mean,
1: well, what, if you're the crafts, what do you think? Well, because... you know, that's,
2: that's a final. That's another point. Uh, I'd like to hear from the crafts. You know, now that we know the NFL has not even started uh, – well, I shouldn't say that. We don't know if they haven't started their investigation. They claim they have. But they haven't interviewed the key parties. Uh, have they interviewed the Crafts? Uh,
1: uh, well, I was going in a different direction with that. If you're the Crafts and you've turned this Patriots franchise that you saved from going to St. Louis into this um, – you own the stadium, you own all these different things, you own this team that's worth $2 billion. You're the most successful franchise of this century. You've won three Super Bowls. You almost went 19 and 0. You have all these great things that have happened, but now in the obituary, in the first sentence is, this team was accused of cheating multiple times. And at what point do they say, you know what? Maybe this is it for for maybe maybe we just cut the cord here and move and move on with a new with a new nucleus. New I'm not nucleus saying they'll do meaning, that, but I wonder. I wonder if coach. they're thinking it.
2: Huh? You mean new nucleus, meaning new coach, general manager?
1: Yeah, or you pick one or the other. Yeah. You just say, you know what? This this people seem to think during this entire run that we haven't been doing things on the level. And thanks for everything, Bill Belichick. Well, go on. Do you have thing to say else.
2: after what's occurred this week? I I wouldn't be really shocked if that's what eventually happens after the Super Bowl? Yeah. Would you? That's that's why I brought it up. Yeah. I wouldn't wouldn't be shocked
1: by any outcome now. I wouldn't be shocked if Belichick left. I wouldn't be shocked if Brady left. I wouldn't be shocked if both of them left, and I wouldn't be shocked if they both stayed. I I think everything's in play.
2: I think everything is in play. and It just would be nice if the NFL would interview some people and yeah,
1: just or get some get, solve what happened. Just get it over with.
2: Right, I mean, just come out with some result. Uh, they have Brady's. They they certainly can watch his press conference over and over. They can watch Belichick's press conference over and over. If they haven't interviewed them, they certainly should interview them. I assume they're going to interview all the ball ball boys and all of the uh, staff that works in the locker room and, but it's it's friday uh they could have done all that on tuesday this this could have had an ending and now we Is go it... into the weekend not talking about the game and and also as patriots fans just with so many questions about our team i mean we are yeah. we are rabid lovers of this team and it's just again i've used the word shame it's, It's just such a disappointment. It's so frustrating. Uh, We're not talking about the game.
1: Well, and then also we had such a good couple weeks there and it really did feel like this was like the, the great, almost like what happened with the Spurs in 2013 and 2014 for the Pats, like this kind of unexpected resurgence when it kind of seemed like that wasn't going to happen. You know, I was thinking about, uh, the Super Bowl itself. So even if the Patriots win now, I know. it it feels like, I, I don't know. I feel, I feel like this is the most despised team now of, of my generation. Try to think of another team that's, that's that people are just so far out on. Well, people love hating this Patriots team. And yeah. I said on sound, I did a podcast on Monday and I was saying, I don't know who America is going to root for because people the Seahawks bother people too, and it's like this. Here's the first Super Bowl we've had where it seems like America kind of hates both teams. But now this this uh, football thing has pushed the Patriots to a whole other level of national villain. It's like in the '80s we hated the bad boy Pistons. Remember? Right. And it was like, wow, I, I hate that team. I I really, really, genuinely hate that team. And people feel that way about the Patriots times like four.
2: Yeah, I, it, they certainly do. Um, you know, when, when we went to the 08 Super Bowl and Spygate, I remember in the hotel room, like we're there four days, five days before the game. And all we were seeing on ESPN and the other channels was Spygate. That yeah. was the week of the game. There was no discussion about the game.
1: Then happened uh, four weeks earlier and, or four months earlier.
2: Right. And, and I don't know if it influenced that game. Uh, you know you just don't know, and but this one this one has a different element because players, well, the key player on the team is involved in some yeah. aspect in terms of he's the one who handles the ball and da da da. Uh, I, I don't know how he puts 100 percent of his mindset and his attention into yeah. preparing for this game. That, that, Does't that really worry you as a patriot fan?
1: Yeah, a million things worry me. Yeah. The, uh, we, would you say, cause Boston, the Boston area, I should say, is, could go one of two ways. Either they rally behind this stuff and go into FU mode or just get bummed out. And I'm wondering, like, do you think the same amount of Boston fans will now go to the Super Bowl? I feel like, yes. I feel like, People are going to eventually just kind of rally behind this and be like, you know what? You're not taking this away from us. And But we're still kind of in the what the hell is happening stage. But I think next week that happens. What do you think?
2: I kind of disagree. Um, Uh-oh. Yeah. Watching some of the late night interviews. And uh, I have two friends who are thinking of going and now they don't want to go. Uh, oh, they no. Just, they just think the atmosphere there is going to be so negative. They just don't want to be part of it or have to watch it or experience it. Um, So...
1: Now I'm going to have to call the bug. I'm going to have to see what the bug thinks.
2: Was he planning to go?
1: Well, he'll have a... Yeah, I'll be interested to see if if it has changed his desire to go.
2: Well, you know, one thing that's happening here that's really surprising me is uh, you listen to... When you watch the uh, TV... uh, Boston sports TV people or listen to the Boston radio personalities on the sports channels. Um, they're they're all taking major pot shots at Brady, Belichick and the Patriots, which is really surprising. I mean, the Felder show is an example, and I know we talk about that show a lot. Uh well, you really, t- I don't, I don't, really, I can't really you. negative. Uh, and the people in Boston and the Boston area, obviously it's not just Boston, Massachusetts, watching those shows, listening to those shows, listening to those people be so negative and accusatory, uh, that has an influence. Um, yeah.
1: Well, but that's – you just described the Boston media in general. I mean this is like the perfect story for the Boston media. It's so negative anyway, and this is actually one where you can be negative and it's legitimate. But Well, I,
2: I can appreciate – that they're negative toward Belichick because Belichick has never been very helpful to the the press, the reporters, yeah. the, the shows. But Brady always has been. And, and again, to, to harp on the same issue, he's been an iconic figure. He's yeah. for 17 years. He's had the total support of, I think, the reporters, the the people on TV and radio. That's not the case right now. That's a real turn of events. Uh, yeah,
1: and I mean, I'm thinking about like some of the other big things that have happened over the years and how the Boston media just had one of the all time field days. Like even when Parcell's and Kraft when they broke up, remember that? That was like a three month saga. Yeah, three
2: months saga. And it was yeah.
1: newspapers taking sides. I remember like Lisa Olson when uh when uh the Patriots like did all that terrible stuff in the locker room and then people took sides on that and amazingly people took sides against Lisa Olson. just made the mistake of doing her job as, as people were exposing themselves to her, which is insane when you think about 25 years later, but that was like a four month scandal saga. Um, So, I mean, I'm sure that's going to happen here too. Usually the Boston media, they go crazy. Then they start turning on each other and it just has this self perpetuating thing. That's not going to help.
2: Yeah, It's very obvious that any reporter uh, to whom Belichick, uh, Gave that reporter a hard time, uh, wasn't pleasant to that reporter. I mean, you've watched his post-game interviews. They're pretty hilarious. He's so arrogant. Uh, This is their opportunity to really go after Belichick, the Patriots, but unfortunately, again, to be redundant, uh, Brady as well. And, you know, then you combine that with all the national people, you know, Mark Bromell, the people I watched, like you did, afterwards yesterday. Well, um, this is
1: yeah, it's ESPN.
2: Not a know. single one of them uh, had a kind thing or supportive thing to say about uh, Brady, which was really discouraging. Uh,
1: this is what this is. ESPN just going twenty four seven news cycle.
2: It wasn't just which, ESPN. It was the NFL. Network. I know it's but Network, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: But you knew it was going to happen. It's because. People are getting
2: tired
1: of this
2: story, it. huh? I didn't expect it. Um, I, I thought, you know, I watched Brady's conference, and I was that i would certainly give him the benefit of the doubt because it, he, his reputation and his integrity over seventeen years, I think, allows him to receive that benefit of the doubt. But yeah. no, nobody else did uh, from the national. Well, this is stage. but you.
1: You've been living in Boston for forty-five years. Right, you, like the Boston fans are in a little bit of a bubble of, of uh, how they feel about the teams versus how people feel nationally.
2: Well, and that must be yeah. You're, you're and right. Nationally,
1: people hate the Patriots, and they they love any sort of situation where they can take shots at Belichick, whoever. Like, I get it. I'm not against it. It's it's the it's sports. Like you need heroes, well, you, you need yours, yeah, you have you the
2: you have the national stage. I have the parochial. Yeah. Well, church. but yeah. but Belichick's probably
1: the most controversial coach of, of this generation, not just because of Spygate stuff, but because how, how he handles press conferences. And like, think about Popovich, who is equally an asshole in every press conference as Belichick, but people love Popovich.
2: Yeah, it is. You know, Definitely it's right. all about perception. Yeah. yeah. And, and people
1: well, always talk about like what a great guy Popovich is and how. He has all these interests, like, well, so does Belichick, but people right. don't like Belichick,
2: you know? No, it's it's a good comparison because you have uh, Popovich also has Duncan. Belichick has Brady. Um, but I, I would suspect, I would not just suspect, it, it's my strong impression that Popovich's loyalty to Duncan is a lot greater than Belichick's loyalty to Brady. And that There's no question. To, Popovich
1: it, would have would have absolutely protected Duncan 100%. Uh,
2: that's my point. 100%. Um, that's my point. Uh, I mean, I, I know I texted I know we're going around a little bit, but I texted you immediately after that Belichick conference. Yeah, you press said it. Uh, You know, shocked by by uh, how he had just thrown Brady under the bus. Yeah. Um,
1: you know what's interesting, I, though? I think I said this to some of the guys in Grant in the office yesterday. The like the Patriots, the Spygate thing. I think for the for America, it was it was basically like the husband who gets caught having an affair, but then the wife, you know, then then kind of stays in the marriage. But a- after that, anything that happens, you're just gonna assume the worst. And this second thing, it's like oh, and the, the footballs are deflated below the level, the Colts are complaining, 11 out of the, and it's like, boom, they did it. It's not, like, the Patriots created this world for themselves. Like, if you think about it, like, say this happened to Seattle and Russell Wilson, and the Packers complained that the footballs were 8% less deflated than they should have been. This story goes away in a day.
2: Right. No, there's no doubt that's true. It, it also comes in the heels of Jim Harbaugh con- complaining about the... the uh the offensive plays that the Patriots threw at Baltimore two weeks ago, and right, you know, and him saying, "Well, you know, the, the the league will take a look at." I mean, it's just piling on. And and you're right. I don't have the national perspective like you do. What a great opportunity for the other 49 states, the, the sports fans in those states, to just pile on the Patriots. Well, can Meanwhile, you imagine?
1: Well, think about this. Think about how much we hated the Lakers in the mid '80s. Can you imagine if it came out that they were cheating in some way, like they knew they, the the rim that they shot at in the second half in home games was was doctored so that it was like eight percent easier to score? Something we would have gone crazy. Yeah, I, I would have, cheaters, cheaters. You shouldn't be in the NBA final. Like we, I would have done all that stuff. So I get it.
2: I get it, but it. Yeah. Hopefully today, uh, the NFL is interviewing all the final people involved in all this and we can get some kind of conclusion from them.
1: What's your biggest fear?
2: um, My biggest fear is that we get no conclusion whatsoever. Everybody's left hanging the way they were at six o'clock last night. and And it's never resolved? It's never resolved. And Brady's not able to focus on the game next Sunday. And after the game Sunday, Which, regardless of the outcome, uh, we see Brady move on from the Patriots.
1: I have that fear, but I would also throw in this one. That the ball boy, this is all hypothetical, Brady was working with the ball boy to, they would inflate the balls to the lowest possible level, but then the ball boy would store them somewhere that would make them deflate a little bit more. And that ball boy sells his story to like TMZ for $3 bucks, and just quits the Patriots and then gives all the inside stories on how he doctored balls for Brady. That's my all-time worst-case scenario.
2: That is the worst-case scenario. That'd be it.
1: I, I think I'm done with football if that happens. <laughs> I'm just out. I'm, out. I'm just out of basketball and baseball and hockey.
2: Yeah.
1: I'm just out. Uh all right. Well <laughs> great times. Well, so I'm yeah, so glad I we're mean, in the Super
2: Bowl. Last time I saw you well not last time, but last yeah. uh, Sunday, uh, Sunday night we were celebrating a great win. There was no controversy. We were talking about the Seattle matchups and what a what a difference six days make. But uh Yeah. Hey, go Pats.
1: Feeling uh <laughs> feeling <laughs> <laughs> feeling walking on air about the Pats Super Bowl.
2: Yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> oh man. Well, maybe it'll come out that they did that. That, that this was a giant misunderstanding on last three's company.
2: Well, or maybe uh, the ball boy from Indianapolis snuck into the Patriots locker room and did something.
1: Oh, I like That's that my theory. theory. That's my oh, new theory. Oh, that'd be great.
2: Yeah. Thank you. That's
1: a great one. Yeah. Who you can't rule
2: that out. No, who you knows? can't rule that out. They haven't. They haven't. They certainly haven't interviewed that ball boy yet.
1: All right, Dad, hang in there. Okay, uh, I'll talk to you over the weekend. We're going right, to call the J-Bug now. Take okay. care. Okay. Bye. Bye-bye. All right, as promised, the J-Bug has had Pat's season tickets since the early 90s. He's been on the BS Report before. And we have not talked on the phone since this whole thing happened. Bug, on a scale of 1 to 10, how depressed are you?
0: Uh, a 10. And then not for all the reasons that everyone else is depressed. Mine's more. I'm devastated because... Immediately, I got the email from my buddy in New Jersey that I work with, you know, calling me a cheater. So the devastating part was, I've got no comeback. You know, it's, I went from Spygate to Deflategate. It's like, this is devastating because, A, it's ruined my Super Bowl week. I was not expecting to spend my Super Bowl week listening to the radio kill my team and national yeah. news media kill my team, or the Patriots the that I follow. And then I had no defense. So it's just devastating to me, to be honest. And I don't mean devastating, like, oh, this is crippling. I'm going to cry. It's devastating that I've got nothing to come back. Like, all my New York friends is like, yeah, uh, yeah, uh, well, you know what? And now I'm just doing the embrace thing. Like, yeah, we probably did. You're right. Super Bowl's <laughs> going to be awesome. I can't wait to be spank Seattle. Uh,
1: yeah, it's funny because I've had the same things. People are calling me a chater. I'm like, I, I didn't do anything. I just root for these guys. <laughs> oh man
0: it was so bad so bad Ugh. so bad so what whatever all right you know what it's like it's the, but it's not it's it's not cheating like really cheating it's like it's like uh george brett pine tar. you know it's kind of like that It's like yeah. the ball is deflated a little bit it's like there's too much pine tower on the bat come on man you know is that uh it's like is like when that what, is that what created the gaping holes and that we were able to run the ball down your throat? Is that what? Is that why? Because the ball was deflated, we were able to like you know part the sea and just run.
1: It's like when oh. we used to. It's like when we used to play pool for money in the brusco at two in the morning, and there would be one thing of chalk, and we would steal the chalk so that their sticks weren't as chalked, but then we would secretly chalk our sticks.
0: Yes, yes, and we That's did. That's what this. it was, and I think that might have drove them over the edge, and I think. <laughs> I'm not, <laughs> Don't you know say what? it. Don't say not, it. No. I won't say it. I won't say it. <laughs> Don't say it.
1: Yeah, we might have played with some criminals.
0: We might have played with with uh, sketchy individuals.
1: That that yeah. remains probably probably the the dumbest mistake I've made in my life was playing all of those games against those those people because oh, they they the did guy? not have good intentions. And there were a couple times we would walk to our car with their money, just kind of walking briskly and looking over mm. our shoulder. Remember the guy who had
0: the, uh, the eight ball jacket. Yeah. And the other guy, there was another guy that had an ace of spades tattooed on his forearm.
1: Yeah. And we played we- pool for money against him. Yes. Yeah. And one that breaks every rule. Yeah. Well, anyway, we back to the, stuff. That
0: stuff.
1: um, yeah, I, I, uh, you made a good point. I just talked to my dad for a half hour. My dad is just crushed. Um, but of all, of all the bad outcomes of this, the one that's not being mentioned enough is it's supposed to be fun when your team's in the Super Bowl. Yeah, It's supposed to be this awesome two-week lead-up and all you're doing is you're just happy and you're trying to figure out all these different ways to win it. And it's just been ruined.
0: There's no win, too. There is no win. The only win for us is, is, is that we, we have to demolish Seattle. And, you know, that's going to be a big challenge. But we have to do it. That's the only thing. Because otherwise, it's just if we win, it's like yeah, you guys are a bunch of cheaters. And if we lose, it's like I oh, see you can't win if you're not cheating. It's like damn it, damn it. <laughs> <I guess laughs> right, we get fra- framed, <laughs> Hey, listen, uh, it, it's one of those things where you just gotta you gotta embrace it and live with it, and that's that's just the way it is. Do you think Bill? Can we, Bill, can what- we talk about balls? <laughs>
1: We have a question for you first.
0: Bill, how do you feel about old balls?
1: Old balls. Think- yeah, there were a lot of balls. Sweaty balls. How does
0: Tom Brady, how does he say, how does he say it without cackling like a hyena? Like, I, I I, couldn't have done that. The minute I said some guy's like old balls, I don't know how he did that. Like, how do you pull that off?
1: Well, wait, I have a, cu- I have a couple of questions for you.
0: All right, sorry. Go ahead. You I would say wrap. you
1: are the typical Patriots fan. You've lived in I Massachusetts would, your whole life. You know all types of Patriots fans. You've been going to the games for 20 plus years. Yes, yeah. I would say you have a, a, as good of a feel for Patriot fans as anyone. Yeah. So first question. Yes. Yeah. Did everything that happened this week um, lower the amount of people that are now going to go to the Super Bowl?
0: Lower the amount?
1: Yeah. Are less people going to go to the Super Bowl now to support the Patriots because of this week?
0: No freaking way. No okay, way. What are, you, what are you talking about? You I have I I had I to ask. Hey, uh, I got tickets. I got the hotel all squared away. I, I had some foresight, so I booked the hotel. You know what? F*** that, man. I'm not going. I'm not okay, going.
1: Good. That's good, because my fear was that this got so ugly that pe- that some people just wouldn't want to go, and we would be outnumbered by Seattle fans at this game.
0: No way, and it got so. You know what? It's so ugly that that the opposite effect is happening now. People are like, you know what? F- you, if we didn't cheat, I'm tired of listening to you. I'm That's, tired that, well, of hearing. That, it. You know, if, if they didn't talk about it that much, it would be like, oh sh- this is not good. But that that media circus. Yes, they're like, you know what? Screw them. Screw everyone. I don't care. Let's freaking get there and get it done. And that beat was the my- crap out of them. That was my next
1: question. When does Boston and and the whole Patriots fan base go into FU mode? I asked my dad that, and he thought people were still like reeling and licking their wounds. But the history of of Boston, dating back to the 1770s, when we kicked kicked the British out of the freaking USA, for all you other people out there, by the way, um, the history of Boston is to go into FU mode and to just go the other oh you think we're the villains i'll show you a villain and go that way is that going to happen this weekend
0: oh yeah no no where i think that happened you know
1: that six happened six years already.
0: ago that's okay. happened, that happened six years ago and then we've just carried it on yeah so no,
1: like, I, like grover who i would say is is one of the most uh irrational pats lovers would would okay. i would guess would maybe take this personally this whole thing what's like what's grover's mindset right now
0: Oh, man, you know what? I'd love for you to call him, but you probably couldn't play a word he said. What do you think his mindset is? You've
1: met him. You know him. What FU do you think mode. his mindset is? I think he's in FU mode.
0: Oh, my God. He's always in FU mode anyway. That's his mode.
1: Yeah. He's, so, yeah. So we do, basically, the Pats fans just need to embrace that. We're the wrestling heels. Yes. Yes. We're... Yes. We're a million-dollar man Ted DiBiase in the late 80s. We just got to put we on the are, jacket and strut around and pay off referees.
0: We we are most certainly in that mode.
1: Okay. And, here's, good. Here's my next question. All right. Are you worried this is Tom Brady's last game ever as a New England Patriot?
0: Well, you know what? I thought about that. And during the Bill Belichick conference, I thought, all I kept thinking about was Barnwell's column that he wrote, the one he wrote earlier on in the year, and then the one he wrote towards the end of December. Yeah. And, and that contract column, and it's just like, damn it, why? What's happening here? And obviously, they don't do anything without talking to each other. He, he knew, but I'm sure Brady was aware of what was going to happen during Belichick's conference. But no, I, I, I think, I think we're going to win. I really, in my heart of hearts, think we're going to beat Seattle. I really do. And I don't see, you know, Brady winning the Super Bowl and then saying, hey, thanks, see ya. I, I just don't know. This is not going to be his last year, but it made me think about it. Made me think on that Barnwell column, that's for sure.
1: Next question: Do you think this is Bill Belichick's last game with the New England Patriots? No. Okay.
0: Why?
2: Why would you say that? <laughs> why? Why, why like would how you say that? You were. Well, here's wh- why, why, I would, said,
1: here, why would, Here's why I said that. I've, I talked about this with my dad already. If you're the crafts. And you've already won all these Super Bowls from the team and you've already turned the franchise into this giant two and a half billion dollar asset, whatever it is. And yet everyone in your life thinks you're a cheater, but you didn't do anything. At what point do you say, you know what? I'd rather, I'd rather, I think we can do this whole football thing without this Belichick guy. Maybe it's time to move on. Maybe it's time for a fresh start.
0: Um, I think you move on when that two and a half billion dollar enterprise turns into $1.8 billion because of Belichick, but only then. And I I don't think think that's going to
1: happen. I think you're right. But I think this is the first time Kraft and his son at dinner actually kind of looked at each other and were like, what do you think? What should we do here?
0: Uh, Oh, no way. No, no, no. be hired like
1: in five seconds, five seconds. I'm not arguing that he wouldn't be hired. Listen, I don't think he's going anywhere. I just think this is the first time since 2001 that I've even considered whether he will be the coach next year. And I think he will.
0: I think he will. I've just never considered it before.
1: I've never considered a world without him. Imagine a Patriots world without Bill Belichick.
0: No. Well, yeah, I don't have to imagine. I, I sat through it and lived through it. And, you know, <laughs> we can always hire a McPherson. That was fun. All
1: right, here's my next no. question. Um, You vividly remember the 96 Super Bowl, which we watched together. Yeah. Um, I'm still mad that – and I'm still mad at Parcells because he leaked that stuff about him that maybe being his last game. He's mad at Kraft. He used Will McDonough and – and uh, and got that story out that it might be his last game and started this whole freaking tsunami. And we ended up losing to the Packers. in a game that really came down to one or two plays. And I'm always going to feel like he had one foot out the door and the players thought that and it affected the game. Is all this going to affect the Super
0: Bowl in a week and two days? How can it not? It already has. Yeah. How can it not? But I, I think that the difference is the Bill Belichick. I don't know. There's those guys... The guys at work that like, you know, they like to keep everything nice and clean. And, and then there's the dudes that like to get, like they roll in the meeting. They like to roll in the dirt, and roll in the muck and call you out and say, no, this is why the marketing plan sucks. And this is why you haven't been doing your job. I think Belichick's that type of guy. I don't think he minds playing in the mud. I don't think he minds all this. Extra distractions. He doesn't, I don't think he minds it. You think he uses it as I think he takes it that and, fuel? And embraces it and uses it. I think he uses it to motivate the team. Well, that'd be I, cool. I think it would be awesome. That's oh man. I I don't know. I I think that uh, you know, like with Aikman coming out and saying that, it's like, come on, man. I mean, really, you've got he's got three Super Bowl rings, right? Yeah, Aikman. So it's like, okay, now you don't want maybe you don't want Tom to have four. I don't know. Maybe I'm a homer. Maybe I'm the conspiracy theorist person. Maybe I'm just thinking Aikman doesn't want someone to have more than him. Screw you, Aikman. He's gonna have four. I don't know.
1: Here's my next question. I like how riled up you are. Reel me back in. Reel me back in. Rail me back in.
0: Sorry.
1: I love when you get riled up. Uh, Damn, I forgot what my next question was. It was a good one, too. Oh, okay. I remember it. I'm going to say this now because now all bets are off with the Super Bowl, and I don't feel like I'm jinxing anything. On Sunday night and on Monday morning, I I wouldn't have said this in a podcast, and I wouldn't have written this, but... I genuinely felt in my heart of hearts that we were going to beat the Seahawks and that we had a better team. And just after watching the Seahawks, and they really only have two receivers that can do anything and they're not even that good, Curse and Baldwin. Rivas can yep. Revis was going to shut down Baldwin. Yep. So now, now Curse and Luke Wilson would have to beat us passing. The Belichick's great at, if he's going against an offense that is a little limited, he's great at just removing the things that can hurt you. And it's like a boa constrictor just squeezes you, makes you do the things you can't do. And I felt like we were going to win. And now I don't know what to think. Did you feel as confident coming out of Sunday as I did, or am I just a, a ridiculously yeah. optimistic Pats fan?
0: Yes. Yes, I did. I just feel, just the, same like I I feel the same like way now, though. I just a better team. I, 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 you're you're going to delete this out. I know you are, but I, I feel the same way. People got you can. Call me whatever you want, but I'm, I feel like 3813. <laughs> you felt like, you felt, no, you should say you felt like No, I feel 13. like, no, 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 I feel like 3813. Oh, oh boy. I feel like 3813. I feel I like, like,
1: you're I'm already in FU mode. This is great.
0: I think to, to your point, I really, it, the, the difference is, I mean, the problem is they have two, two alternatives because you, you know, you're right. You have Rebus take him out but now you're to like stop lynch but it's two people in the backfield because wilson can can hurt you so it's actually two i watched you that you gotta you have the Bow constrictor on too but i don't know green bay did a pretty damn damn good job at it
1: i watched the fourth quarter in the ot of that seattle green bay game again because it it, uh, it just all of it happened so fast like i almost like it was just too many things happened i was like i just gotta watch this again Wilson, they show a graphic. There's, like, three minutes left in the entire game. And they're down by, like, 12. And they show a graphic with his stats. And he was, like, 8 for 24 for 95 yards and four picks. Yeah. And there's, like, three minutes left in the game. And if you actually watch the throws he made, you know, like, the, like he threw a nice little wheel route to Lynch that was, it seemed like it was a touchdown for a second, but then it wasn't. He threw, like, two over the middle to guys that were open. Um, then they ran, like, a, a nice pistol play with them when he ran for some yards. The best throw he made was the overtime throw to Curse. But if you watch what defense the Packers were in, like, they were – it was basically like they're, he had one-on-one coverage with the entire yeah. middle of the field with no safety help at all. Yeah. If he'd missed that throw, it would have been a catastrophe.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, but they, there's been this narrative that, well, Russell Wilson turned it on and he – no. The Packers just folded. Like they weren't tackling. Baldwin broke free on, on uh on that first touchdown drive. Baldwin broke free on just an average play over the middle that the guy the guy just didn't tackle him. Like Lynch, Lynch, nobody was tackling Lynch. He scored that second touchdown. He bounced off people four times. Um I don't know. I, I thought Wilson was really bad in that game. Really bad.
0: Yeah. I didn't get to see much of it. I saw oh, it on the, the big Pats screen game. as I was waiting in line that the yeah. the overtime, and much of the fourth quarter because I was out and I was tailgating, right? And uh, we had a TV, but it was you know there were other things going on, so you gather around the TV, but you're doing some other stuff too. So I uh, I yeah, didn't get to see me. all of it. Uh, I saw our, um, I saw the touchdown pass though. Listen, here's what I think. I and I want to go back to your Bill Belichick leaving or Brady leaving too, but let me answer this. I think we're the better team on defense. Not not in Seattle's defense. I think our defense is a better team than their offense. And I oh, think I gotcha. our offense is going to match up pretty well with their defense.
1: But our I defense think we're, is better than I our think offense. I think we're going
0: to beat them. What's that?
1: And, the, and our defense is better than their offense, and we have a much better special teams.
0: Right. So our defense teams. is Sucks. better than their offense. I'm not saying our defense is better than their defense. I'm saying our defense is better than their offense. And I think our offense matches up well with their defense. So I see us winning the game by a lot. I mean, when you it watch the Packers, happened, when you watch the
1: Packers Patriots game which we probably should have won. Did you ever at any point think,
0: wow, this Green Bay defense is really good? No, I thought Rodgers was insane. Right. I thought he, I, I thought Aaron Rodgers was like this guy is far like he's far superior to everyone else. He's freaking awesome.
1: So that, that's Seahawks, what I got from that game. The Seahawks did not score until they got the fake field goal touchdown, in which was was just a coaching collapse, just a flat out coaching collapse. Not to be ready for a fake field goal when you're, you're Listen, up you're by sixteen points and eighteen man. minutes left. They should have fired him when he gave up the fake field goal.
0: You're preaching to the choir, I think, and that was in Seattle. Like I, I think we're it's horrible. That was at home for them, so uh, I'm. I mean, they should I'm have, have been in the really I, I like our
1: chances. They should have been in the nickel on that play, and then it's sixteen to, to three, and they have the ball twice with their or nineteen to ten or whatever. I forget. Nineteen to seven, and they have two different chances to just run out the clock with Rodgers, and they can't. They can't catch an onside kick. I, You know, I felt yeah. like we were lucky to win the Ravens game, but I also felt like, you know, we played really well and we used a lot of ingenuity and we kind of pulled it out. The Seahawks just pulled that game out of their ass. Like, that that, that was 90% luck.
0: I never felt, uh, with regard to the Ravens, I never felt like we were lucky to win that game. And even when we were down by 14 twice, I still felt like we were in that game. Well, we were a little lucky. Ah. Uh. All right, a maybe a lucky. little bit, but I never felt. How about this? I never felt a scared. I, never I was felt scared. scared when it was.
1: No, come on. When it was twenty-eight fourteen, you weren't nope. having flashbacks to the game when uh, Ridley got knocked out, nope. and all of a sudden the game was over.
0: Nope, you're crazy. I turned come and on. said, "We're going to win this game. It's really good. I, I wasn't, it wasn't. It's different team. Different team. And I, I really didn't. I wasn't. We came back like." within 4 minutes or whatever it was and like we're winning this game. I didn't feel didn't feel like they were stopping us much on uh they weren't stopping us. All it right. felt like we f- were oh, I keep swearing, I'm sorry man. No, listen. I felt like we were the, just the nip- a few moments. Uh So All right, so to recap. Yeah. The only thing hey, one other thing I wanted to get back to on the Bill Belichick leaving thing. Yeah. This defense that we have is young. And if we can find a way to get Rebus back and sign McCordy, I don't know if we can, but then you have you have Jones. Yep. You have uh, Collins. We've got Hightower. We've got Mayo on AIR. He might not even be back. I mean, I think our defense is going to be insane for the next 5 years. Like Super Bowl defense. I don't think it ends here. I don't think this is the last rodeo for us in the Super Bowl over the next 5 years.
1: Except for we won't have Belichick
0: or Brady. Yeah, we'll have Belichick and Brady. We'll have them both. <laughs> we're getting them both. They're not leaving. But neither of them me feel are. Feel better.
1: This is a magical podcast performance by you.
0: Now I'm fired up for the game again. Why wouldn't you be? Why wouldn't you? Because of deflated the ball. They haven't even talked to Brady. With you know what? Sometime in mid July, there's going to be a memo. Like oh yeah, I got uh, they deflated balls, and we're going to you know, there's going to be a million dollar fine and they're losing their second and fourth round drafting. And uh, good luck for the rest of the season.
1: Oh, that was the question I forgot to ask you. Do you feel like the Colts are sore losers? I hate the Colts now. It's totally irrational, no, but I just I'm feel like it's
0: like, no. you guys got Harbaugh. your asses
1: kicked twice. You're saving footballs, losers.
0: Grover, can, Grover said this literally, like texted me the minute this week was breaking news and said, this all comes back to Harbaugh. This is all on Harbaugh.
1: Oh, John Harbaugh.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Like it's all on him. This is all him. This reeks of him. Like he's having Pagano. It's like he was he was adamant that it all goes back to them. That I'm hey, he might have a point. He it's might a have a point. Solid
1: theory and, and Harbaugh won his Super Bowl partly because Ray Lewis was popping deer antler pills like they were pez. So he should settle down.
0: There's no there's no uh no honor amongst thieves.
1: Okay, because, listen, I'm not defending my feelings about the Colts. They're totally irrational. I certainly wouldn't write them. This is a podcast. We're having a free-flowing conversation. Yeah. But they got their asses kicked twice in eight weeks, and immediately after the game, all of a sudden, the Indianapolis, the former guy, Bob Kravitz, who used to write a column but is now on an Indianapolis TV station, suddenly had the exclusive that the Colts were concerned about the the Patriots deflating footballs. It's like, you losers. You got killed. It wasn't because of the footballs. Like, wait wait five hours to leak that story. But obviously, they were so embarrassed. They wanted to leak something right away. And if they really thought they lost because of the footballs, they should fire everybody in that organization. Because they oh got their asses kicked.
0: Uh, uh, four times in a row, actually. Not two, four. Past four times. An- okay, another them. thing.
1: I bet Luck is embarrassed by this whole thing.
0: Well, I feel bad for the dude. I'm drawing a blank right now because I'm driving. Jackson, uh, the default yeah. wasn't that intercepted.
1: He intercepted it and just asked him to save the ball.
0: Yeah, I feel bad for that dude because he's probably getting tormented from fellow players or you know, or whoever, fans, everyone. The guy, you know, had a pick in a playoff game and said, "Save this for me." And then next thing you know, it's like, "Oh, he right. squeezed the ball and felt it was soft." And then he comes. I was like, "I never said that." I mean, he probably, I always think too, when uh, these players come out in defense of the Patriots, I always think, are they a free agent this year? Are they, are they in the contract for next year? Are they like, are they kind of pitching maybe, hey, take a look at me next year. I'd love to join the Pats. I like you guys. I really do.
1: Uh, That concludes the, uh, the Boston centric BS report. I feel better, uh, I don't know if my dad feels better. Yeah, I might have to send you over to his house with, with like, some liquor or something. I think my dad is just traumatized.
0: Liquor? I hardly know her. Don't don't play that. All right. Hey, good talking to you. I'm upbeat. I'm feeling good. There was a time I was devastated when I got those first emails from the New Yorkers because I really couldn't say anything. But now I'm like, F you. Suck it. Uh, we're playing in the super bowl and they wish you wish you wish you had someone that cheated as well as we did that brought you to all those super bowls you uh don't pl- don't play that either
1: you might have sent me a bunch of texts talking about how depressed you were so I'm glad you rallied
0: oh yeah no i've rallied yeah no no I, i'm 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 saddened by it i was saddened by it because not because of the cheating part but because i have no freaking argument when people are saying they're like yeah but but uh. Yeah,
1: but I'm I'm also sad because I was so into the whole Brady in Baltimore, Brady coming out to the standing ovation against Indy, the Brady resurgence in general. I was so fired up to read two weeks of articles of just Trento for apologizing, Brady talking about how he never counted himself out, Gronk becoming like one of the league's most recognizable stars. I I was just told Belichick four Super Bowls. I was totally ready for all of it. And now we're talking about football.
0: Yeah, but Gronk's not that good, Billy. He's not that good. He's not that good.
1: He's just He's probably the best good. Patriot I've ever seen in my life other than Brady. He's
0: not good. He's not that good.
1: Is Gronk yeah. the second best Patriot you've ever watched?
0: Yeah, uh, you know, I I think I'm trying, like, off the top of my head. I mean, Andre Tippett was fun to watch. I always liked uh, uh, Stanley Morgan, but a different type of player. Um, Stanley yeah.
1: Morgan was incredible. I think yeah, Gronk- he was he was
0: awesome he, so good but yeah ben I mean, coats
1: was way the ben coats was way up there for me oh I yeah, love ben ben Coates, Coates. Too. yeah ben coats i
0: can't believe i didn't say ben coats first yeah i, I think yeah, he's no.
1: he's gotten lost in the shackles of patriot history because it was like post 86 super bowl kind of pre-brady belichick he he had his run during bledsoe which bled the bledsoe era has been kind of just wiped away from the consciousness now but uh, Coates was way up there
2: Bledsoe anyway. to Ben
0: Coates in the corner was like money. It was unstoppable. He just set like a little and, lollipop. Like if they were like on the fifteen yard line, he just throw like a little lollipop over everyone. It was boop right into Coates' hand, always in the right corner in the end zone. Yeah, uh, I thought that was money. Ben Coates, Coates awesome. over Andy the middle the guy. What's
1: that? Coates over the middle when like the fourth guy would have to bring him down, which Gronk yeah. has gotten really good at just going down when the when when it's time to go down. Coates would just be like. Just dragging dudes along for five yards and dragging years yeah, that, off his yeah, own career.
0: That's that's what I was gonna say too. He was also a guy that like just got pummeled. I'd like to yeah. I'd like to know what he's doing now if he can walk. I
1: don't yeah. Know well, his career he should have been around like Antonio Gates was in his career. Five years got lopped off his career. I would say.
0: He went to yeah. uh, when he went to college. Baltimore. I guess he he was being recruited where Shannon Sharp went. Shannon Sharp was like. You're not gonna play here, man. So he like didn't go there and went somewhere else. He went to like a small school. Do you remember that story? Bug.
1: Yeah. Bug, it might call you next week for, All for right, one man. more one more recap. Uh, enjoy the weekend. Talk to you soon.
0: Alright, talk to you later. Bye.
2: So I get to Whoa.
1: Thank you for downloading the BS Report with Bill Simmons.
0: Too much fun.
1: Check out more podcasts at the iTunes Music Store or at PodCenter at espnradio.com.
0: Peace found
1: Geico presents Strange Saving Stories. Astronomers detected an interstellar transmission. It stated, Geico, 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. The implications were staggering. Was the cosmos telling us we could all save hundreds on car insurance with Geico? Or did their radar merely pick up a signal from the nearby Rufus and
0: Clyde's morning show? We may never know. Geico, 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance.